TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Emma Waters, good morning. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. So take me through your latest piece, if you would. I thought that this was such a something that was just such a different take, if you will. And, and I loved all of your analysis, Emma, as we think about you know, America's rent-a-womb industry luring a number of Chinese nationals. That's one of the titles here, rent-a-womb. And, you know, usually you think of maybe um, couples who've gone through infertility. And, you know, you think of, oh, this is, this is you know, another one of um, Mother Nature's birth canals, if you will. You know, you always hear that, right? And so you think of that, but maybe people don't really think, well, where are the surrogates coming from? I suspect that what you've discovered in in your latest writing and what you've written about, many people may not be aware of, Emma, and that's why I think it's so important to talk about this issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is uh, something that's actually a really pressing problem. So like you mentioned, the rent-a-womb industry refers to surrogacy for pay in the United States. So these are women who are choosing to carry the child of another person or another couple and are being compensated generally by about $60,000 to $70,000 um, for their time. Now, part of the angle that I've been looking into has been the use of American surrogates by foreign international intended parents. So what's so notable about surrogacy in the United States is that we don't have any federal laws that actually govern commercial surrogacy. It's only a state-level issue. So every state um, can decide what their laws are uh, to their own wish. Now, California, who's typically very permissive when it comes to reproductive and family-related laws, their surrogacy law is not only open to foreign intended parents, but is actually in many ways um, attempting to make it as easy of a process as possible. So a couple of months ago, I discovered that there were a number of Chinese nationals who actually use surrogates in the United States. Um, and there was data that recently came out in the Journal of Fertility and Sterility um, that was published by one of the largest reproductive organizations um, that actually has this data that found that Chinese nationals make up the largest number of foreign intended parents who are using American surrogates to birth children in the U.S., um, like three times more than the next country, which was France. And then not only that, but the demographic that was most likely to be represented by these numbers were actually Asian men over the age of 42. So these are single men later in midlife, we'll say midlife, certainly past like the like 
beginning of their childbearing years who are seeking children through surrogates. Um, and these are children that they may be genetically related to, but they're not required to be genetically related to. And that struck me as just a rather odd phenomenon to be such a big deal, because um, mm -hmm. you typically think of surrogacy as married couples who are infertile and can't conceive but it seems that the data actually points to a slightly different demographic um, being interested in this process. Uh, and so I yeah, did a deep dive on it to learn more. And those were those are sort of the initial findings. And so ultimately, you know, and, and you're looking at all of this data, all of the, you know, these statistics, what's really going on here? In other words, I, this is, I, I'll tell you, uh, you know, I've been a news person for a long time. Your research and the level of your research, I, I've, it blew me away, Emma. I, I've, I've never seen anything like this because like, like I started out saying, we think of, you know, that, that couple that went through fertility treatments and miscarriages and, you know, all of, all of that sort of thing. That's usually, and you think, oh, this is really rare. Some of the numbers as well were surprising. What these people are paid, that's surprising. I mean, the level of this, what, what do you what what do you make of all of this? Yeah. So it's a great question. So there are a couple of things going on here. Um, first, we know that China had their one child policy for decades um, uh, that they reversed in 2016. But unfortunately, their policy was so successful that China is now facing a massive decline in birth rates. So massive that they're actually looking at civilizational decline or potential just outright destruction because they're not having enough children. So there's a really big push within China itself to encourage couples, individuals to have more babies um, in order to like literally save the future of China. So what this has meant on the smaller level is that because of their preference for male babies, many men outnumber women by a large percentage. So there are many men who I think genuinely want to get married and have children who are actually struggling and unable to find a female partner who is willing to get married and willing to have children. On the other hand, they also have a pretty significant career-focused culture that a lot of Chinese women have bought into, such that they are choosing to delay or forego uh, motherhood themselves by a pretty high margin, which is similar to what we're seeing in the United States now. But because of both of those things, you're actually seeing Chinese couples who need an alternative way to birth children. And surrogacy, since it's totally illegal in China, so surrogacy not at all allowed there, they're starting to look at other countries to see how they might go about creating a child. But the other aspect of this that I think is so telling is in the United States, we have something called birthright citizenship, which means that any child born on U.S. soil gains and maintains the full rights of U.S. citizenship full stop. Um, Australia requires children to live in Australia for 10 years before they're awarded citizenship, for example, but the U.S. just allows them to have it even if they're going to leave three days later. So what we're seeing with this China surrogacy angle is that there are actually Chinese nationals who are using surrogates in the United States for the purpose of getting citizenship for that child. And what this means is that when that child turns 21, those Chinese nationals are actually eligible for a direct path to citizenship through a green card visa because their child has citizenship, they can easily apply. And this is actually a much cheaper alternative and tends to be fairly guaranteed than if Chinese nationals were just applying for a traditional immigration visa 
which can cost half a million dollars and require successful business um, and still like you run the risk of just being rejected. Mm -hmm. So using a surrogate is a long game, but it is a way that you actually subvert citizenship laws and immigration laws in the U.S. Unless people think that this is just a hypothetical, I have found multiple, um, the article actually links all of these. I found five different stories by NPR since 2012, where different Chinese nationals who are being interviewed actually say that citizenship is one of the driving uh, reasons for them pursuing surrogacy in the United States. Um, so they say things like, either China or the United States is going to be top of the geopolitical um, power structure in coming years. It actually benefits us to have a child who has citizenship in the U.S. and then we have citizenship in China. And then when we see which one's going to be on top, we can choose that choose that country. Um, and then there's also a New York Times op-ed, a New York Times mini documentary, CNN articles, and countless reports over the last decade that actually show this growing trend um, and the desire for citizenship is one of the largest motivations here. So again, this is not necessarily just couples who like genuinely can't have a child, but in many ways, there seems to be a use of surrogacy in order to subvert uh, U.S. immigration and citizenship laws in a way that's actually contrary to national flourishing, to assimilation, and even some national security concerns. And you, you quote the statistic that 75% of foreign intended parents use the facilities in California because it seems like they welcome this and have loose laws. And if anybody thinks, you know, we're talking about five or ten people, I mean, you're, you are quoting the numbers as the highest number I see fairly recently, eight, more than 8,000 cycles. Can you explain what a cycle is when you talk about a surrogacy cycle? Yes, absolutely. So the study was referring to gestational cycles, as you mentioned. And so gestational cycles refer to the number of attempted tries. So these were contracts that were signed, embryos that were implanted in an American surrogate in hopes of conceiving a pregnancy. Now, what the data doesn't tell us is how many of these cycles actually successfully resulted in the live birth of a child. Um, and success rates for both in vitro fertilization, which is required to create the embryo, mm -hmm. and surrogacy itself um, are really varied across the board. Um, it depends on so many factors. It's really hard to actually guess exactly how many children this is. Um, and, and it's a big concern on a larger scale that we don't have data to show exactly how many children have citizenship in the U.S. but live in China. Um, like, that's just a really big problem we need to address. So, Thinking of gestational cycles, this means that of the number listed, so about 8,400 in 2019, for example, we can probably guess that about half of those gestational cycles resulted in a live pregnancy, um, but that's just a rough guess. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have, again, we don't have data that's available on the actual numbers there. But like you pointed out, the majority are going to California. Um, and in a previous article for The Federalist, I actually did a deep dive on the top 400 surrogacy clinics in California. Um, and there's more. It's just those are the top ones. And I found that there were multiple surrogacy agencies that had direct ties to China. Either they had researchers that came from China to work. Um, they had lots. Most agencies had language staff um, and websites garnered to people in China. But some of them even had office locations in China where surrogacy is supposedly illegal. 
Um, so there's just a very close working relationship between California and between China when it comes to these surrogacy agreements that we have very little data on and frankly have no idea who these children or their parents are. Yeah, and that raises another question. I mean, there are so many questions, but for example, a lot of times when you're dealing with IVF, um, we know that sometimes that can result in twins or even triplets, that sort of thing. So how does that work when they're using a surrogate and they realize that when they did the implantation, in other words, usually they'll put in at least two, if not three embryos, because maybe only one will take, but sometimes two will take. And so what happens then? Yes, and this is a huge problem. Um, so in the majority of surrogacy contracts, they have something called the reduction of fetus clause. Um, which is effectively the right to uh, have an abortion, um, the right for the intended parents to request that the surrogate have an abortion for one or all of the children. And this is where a lot of the surrogacy scandals really come from, mm-hmm. are when parents want to have an abortion when they find out the child has a genetic problem or an other health concern. And so in cases where two, three more children are conceived, um, parents, intended parents can either choose to have all of those children um, or they can request that the surrogate get an abortion. Um, and, and California's laws are incredibly, incredibly uh, permissive when it comes to their abortions. And so there's a good chance that that happens. But another thing the study found that's related to this is in the United States, sex-based abortions are illegal. So you can't have an abortion just because you're pregnant with a girl, but you wanted a boy. Mm -hmm. But the study showed that 74% of foreign intended parents compared to 54% in the United States used pre-implantation genetic testing, which is specifically used to discover things such as the sex of the child in question, but in its embryonic form before it's implanted. So what this means is that the permissive laws in California have effectively allowed foreign nationals a workaround where they may not be aborting a child um, due to the sex, but they can just destroy the embryo of the unwanted sex and choose the ones they want, which has a lot of just really sad and problematic moral concerns that come with it. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Um, 
you also have written about the fact, and, and it's good to compare us with the rest of the world. So as far as the United States goes, I think people would be interested to know, are we in line with other, you know, other advanced countries? Are we pretty much in line with their policies on surrogacy? That is a great question. Um, and this is what surprises people across the board is that the United States is a major outlier when it comes to their surrogacy laws. So most developed nations actually outright ban or prohibit international commercial surrogacy. Um, so you may remember uh, hearing stories of India, Thailand, and Nepal being these massive international hubs for yes. people looking for surrogates. In recent years, from 2015 to 2019, all three countries have either outright banned or significantly limited their commercial surrogacy laws because of all of the moral concerns, concerns of exploitation, and also the treatment of children in the process. So India, for example, actually forewent a $2.5 billion annual revenue by banning commercial surrogacy broadly, but it was such a massive problem that they decided that it was actually worth that level of financial loss. Um, so as I mentioned, China also bans it, but so does Denmark and um, Finland and France and Italy and so many other major nations. So really the only two places that you can go Um, One would be Ukraine, but Ukraine, at least on the books, only works with heterosexual couples, um, but they do allow for commercial surrogacy of international parents. Um, And then you can go to the United States. But those are actually two of the only developed or developing nations that really allow for this industry and have the technology to support it. So the U.S.'s um, firm and permissive stance on this is actually totally out of line um, with Europe and with most other developed nations. Yeah, and so you su- you have some suggestions here. I mean, when you think about the 14th Amendment, I know that you talk about that. Ultimately, in your view, after spending so much time uh, researching this incredible issue that obviously Congress is way behind on and doesn't, you know, there's an ignorance level to this, right? So what what needs to be done here to shore this up? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, so there's a couple of different approaches that we can take here. Um, first would be, so in the United, United Kingdom, for example, um, they have a law that actually requires all ch- couples using surrogacy and all children born of surrogacy um, to be logged in a national database. Now, identifying information is kept private, but they have the information at least available um, to government officials as well as to the agencies. It would be really useful as an initial step for the United States to pass a similar law, at least for foreign international parents. The fact that it's not widely available for um, research or federal agencies hiring um, to know that if these children have U.S. citizenship but are actually from China and are not really citizens by any meaningful measure, um, that's information that's actually very useful and in the interest of the United States to know. So it would be interesting to pass a law that actually just requires at least some sort of private governmental um, tracking of who these parents are, who their children are. Um, a second thing that we could do um, is, one, just really limit um, who these foreign nationals are, um, 
the countries that are coming um, and their access to surrogates in the United States. Um, so that could be limiting the for pay part of surrogacy. So take money out of it and treat it just like an adoption where you might pay money to the adoption agency. But at no point in adoption does money change hands between the intended parents and the um, mother who's giving up the child. But in surrogacy, we have lots of money changing hands between the intended parents and the surrogate. So let's just take the money out of the equation. And that way we ensure that both parties are acting in good faith and are not motivated by potentially um, by potentially bad measures, right? Or just like not, not very good measures to engage in this business. And that way we can really um, focus surrogacy on the altruistic aspect of this. Um, and again, ensure that foreign nationals are using this for the right reasons. And then of course, when it comes to the birthright citizenship angle, um, there's a few people at Heritage who are really working on this, but what it would look like on that angle is clarifying that the birthright citizenship laws, when they were initially passed, did not have surrogacy in mind, and they certainly did not intend to ensure that surrogate-born children get citizenship. So a basic step two would just be clarifying our birthright citizenship laws to ensure that children born of surrogacy don't gain and maintain the full rights of U.S. citizenship, but rather are able to be adopted or somehow gain citizenship in the country of origin so that they're not improperly accessing citizenship in the United States. Well, Emma Waters, we thank you so much. Hopefully, I know that, I mean, your work, whether it's in the Federalist or the Heritage Foundation, the work you do is so important in this research. It's an incredible level of research um, that you've taken so much time, and we just thank you for that. Emma Waters, researcher at the uh, Devos uh, Center for Life, Religion, and Family at the Heritage Foundation. And I know this was something that was Heritage Foundation, Federalist.com. But this is important, and I know that you, you know, ultimately your work will be read by by Congress members and lawmakers, and so hopefully they will educate themselves on this important issue, Emma. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on today. Uh This is great. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.